don't subscribe to the old school way, nor the new school way, only the optimal way. The 80-20 Baseball Experience with Coach Ball. Welcome, everyone, my fellow baseball community members. This is Coach Bo. I hope you're having an enjoyable day. I hope this episode can get you better. I created this follow-up episode to clarify and expound upon some key points as I wrote about in the Three Root Hitting Plans article and the subsequent episode, podcast episode I made with it, which I did over six months ago. I took 33 years of baseball knowledge and three weeks of writing, rewriting, finalizing that article to get it to where it was. But I wanted to go back and clarify, like I said, I want to talk about some of those key points so everybody understands exactly what I'm talking about. I want to expound upon a few things too. First, let's go through the summary. I used plan A, plan B, and plan take as the three, uh, as the names for the three root plans. You can call them whatever you want. You can call them whatever you want, plan one, plan two, plan whatever, whatever you want. I just always recommend anything you're going to do to be very easy to remember. And I think it should just be very clear to your team what the names are. There should be no confusion. So I use plan A, plan B, plan take. But again, they can take on any name. Plan A, this is the plan that a hitter is going to use when there are zero or one strike. Zero or one strike. So essentially less than two strikes. The second part of that is the batter will only swing at pitches when there's zero or one strike. Plan A, that can be hit hard. That can be really crushed. And we're not going to get into launch angle here. I mean, there's optimal launch angles out there that's just you know been proven. But really just driving the pitch, whether that's a line drive in the gap or off the wall or over the wall. It's just a pitch that the hitter can crush. Now, something I wanted to clarify on this, a key I wanted to clarify on this, a key point, was that pitch is going to differ between hitters. Sure, there's going to be commonalities amongst a lot of your hitters, right? Belt high down the middle, fastball, thigh high, whatnot, hanging, breaking ball that doesn't have real good spin or a flat changeup that doesn't have a lot of speed differential from the fastball. Sure, those are going to be pitches, you know, that are going to be hit hard for the most part by every hitter, but... Every hit, I think it's important to see what hitters hit hard, and then plan A is is kind of worked around that. And 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 so you you don't want to just say, hey, it's all belt high, thigh high, fastball here. Again, plan A is not has nothing to do with hitting a certain pitch. And we're gonna get into this. I think that it's very important the hitters go up there with an, with a couple things in mind. You're hitting the location, you're thinking location and swing intensity. So in plan A, you're thinking plan A, remember that zero one strike, so less than two strikes. And again, I call it plan A, call it whatever you want. The batter will only swing at a pitch that can be hit hard and preferably, you know, driven. Driven into the gap, driven on a line, off the wall, whatever. Just driven hard. You're going to see that. I mean, players know when they hit the ball hard. So you're going to tailor that to what the hitter's hot zone. Let's call it the hot zone because I know that's a term a lot of people use. You, know, you can see, you know, hitter's hot zones. You go on fan graphs. You go on, you know, MLB.com or Baseball Savant. You can go on and you see those. All right. Then the other part, part two of plan A is, this is what's so great about it. One, you you know you're using plan A anytime there's less than two strikes. And you can go read the article or listen to the uh, the original one. And you can see exactly, I break it why, you know, exactly why that's the plan to use in zero, or, you know, less than two strikes with zero or one strike. The second part of plan A is the hitter is going to swing with an intensity level of 
100%, nothing less. There's no check swings. There's no half swings. There's no three-quarter swings. If they get fooled, they swing through it. So I think it's important to to have those two things very dialed in because hitting is so hard already. You're going to have them go up there, and they're looking for a pitch they can crush. And like I said, I wanted to you know kind of expound. And, and in this on this particular aspect, I wanted to clarify a little bit the hot zone, the, the zone in which the pitch, the locations that they're going to crush, that, that the hitters are going to want to hit, hit hard and, and really swing at. it's going to be kind of something that's tailored to each player a little bit, although you're going to definitely see some commonalities. Anybody who's coached baseball long enough, you're going to know that. Typically, a pitch that can get crushed by one guy can get crushed by another guy or another player. But there are guys like Mike Trout, obviously, is very, uh, you know, everybody knows Mike Trout hits low balls. Hell, he hits low balls really, really well compared to everybody else. You know, maybe... You wouldn't have most of your guys hit that, but Mike, you wouldn't want Mike taking a low fast strike, especially some of those pitches that he crushes, like those changeups and things down, you know, not down in the dirt, but, you know, you know, knee high. So it keeps it simple. You don't even have to get into like what counts and the head or behind and all that. So that's plan A. Then you have plan B is, you know, that two strike. This is going to vary depending on the level. It's with two strikes. The batter is looking to swing at any pitch in the strike zone or within a few inch of the, inches of the strike zone. So it, it could be, I mean, I know at the really low levels, sometimes those umpires call it six inches or even a foot off the plate. I mean, it seems like, you know, the pitch might not be hittable and maybe it isn't. I just wouldn't go up there teaching my guys to really protect that. I would just, I just don't, I mean, if you can't reach it and you can't even, I mean, just, but I don't think you should just stick to the strike zone. Now, as the major league level gets into the automated strike zone, hey, now it's a whole another ball game. That's great. That really did, that really makes plan B even easier. They're looking for a pitch they can swing at that's in the strike zone. But for the youth levels, they, they're not going to have that and probably won't have it in college and high school or definitely not going to have it in high school anytime soon, uh, if not in our lifetime. But if that's the case, the umpire dictates the strike zone, which has always been the case. I know it's in the rule book, this, that, you know, whatnot. And I know on TV we see that rectangle, you know, inverted rectangle. But still, we all know that pitches in and out don't always get caught. In fact, I mean, I don't know what the number was. It was like tens of thousands of pitches every year or or miscalled even at the major league level. So at the youth ball level, the high school level, I think you stick to, you don't say, oh, well, the, the umpire's calling it, you know, out there, a foot outside or six inches outside. Most umpires aren't that bad, but you're going to get a few like that, right? Keep it to within a few inches of the strike zone. So you're teaching your batters, hey, in plan B, which is two strike or two strike, you call it a two strike approach. I just think you just call it plan B. I think two strike approach or, or call it plan two or something. I think you get that two strike approach. It has a connotation. It has kind of a, of um, kind of a, a, a I don't know, like a, a stigma to it that, that you're going up there and you're in protect mode. And, and yeah, you are kind of protecting the bat, the, the strike zone, but you're not going up there just to put the ball in play necessarily because pitchers miss their spots. Pitchers throw meatballs with two strikes. I think this is one of the things that doesn't get talked about nearly enough. And as a guy who really worked with pitchers for years and years and years and was a pitcher at the professional level, you know, it's crazy that we, we base all of our stuff. I, I, I read, I, I hear about these pitch theory matrix things and it's like, yeah, yeah, those, I mean, I'm not going to get into them here. You can go look at that up, but it's like, that's all predicated on the fact that the pitcher's going to hit his spot. And in fact, or at least most of the time. And in fact, that's just not the case. And especially at the lower levels, pitchers just don't always hit their spots. I mean, go go chart a bullpen. Just randomly chart any bullpen and tell me how often that glove moves, how far it moves. You know, pitchers aren't dot in the middle of that glove that often. All right. And they don't have to to be successful. So when there's two strikes, 
I don't think you should definitely, you should definitely not go up there and protect mode because you got to be ready for a pitch that's a meatball, a mistake. It's going to happen. I mean, just, just thinking that the pitcher is going to throw you a pitch on the outside corner at the knees is just, you know, an inch off. The umpire is going to call a strike every time. I just think you're giving the, the pitcher way too much undue credit. All right. It's not, it's not based on fact. It's based on a fear. All right. It's based on, you know, a, a conventional wisdom mindset. All right, so with two strikes, the batter should be going up there and swinging at a pitch that's in the strike zone or within a few inches of the strike zone, and they should swing as hard as they can insofar as that pitch allows it. So if, yeah, if that pitch is down and away at the knees or in on their hands an inch or two, they might have to get a little bit uh, creative with that bat to, to get it there, and they might not swing 100%. Okay, so what? You know, yeah, then you put it in play. All right, better to put it in play than to take the pitch in the strike zone or within a few inches of the strike zone. What I'm saying is don't commit before the pitch to protecting the plate. Swing as hard as you can unless the pitch otherwise uh, changes that approach. And, and it may. And this all happens really, really, really fast. Okay. But, you know, you, you got to practice. You got to practice it. And we're going to talk about that here as we finish up. Plan take. Again, plan take is, I think I articulated it very well in the original, you know, article, the podcast episode. Go check that out. Hey, those are for atypical pitchers. There are some good times to take a pitch. I don't think you should ever take a pitch when there's one strike. I, sh- I don't think you should ever force yourself into a two-strike situation and get yourself one strike. And obviously, you should never take a pitch with two strikes, right? Okay, so with one strike, I think you save your plan take for when there are or you use your plan take when there is only zero strikes. Now, that could be a 1-0 count. It could be a 2-0 count, sure. Sometimes you go up there and there's a, there's a situation where the pitcher's been wild or he's a side armor or he's throwing extra slow or he's throwing super fast or he's got a cutter or whatever and it's just not normal. It's atypical. And you want to see a pitch before. Your hitter wants to see a pitch before he swings. I think that's a great idea. And in fact, that pitcher in a major league level, I think the major leagues are typically like 38% of pitches are balls. So, hey, especially in the high school level, you might get 40% balls, 45% balls or at the youth level, it might be a 50-50 crapshoot sometimes with a pitcher out there. So when you're in plan take, you may actually get a you may actually get a ball or two before you even get that strike. So it just you know you can you can keep going with that plan take. I'm not saying you should stick with plan take. So plan take is basically going up there with zero strikes when the hitter wants to see a pitch before moving to plan A. You may want to stick with the plan take all the way until you get a strike. I don't necessarily think taking a strike is a good approach. I know that's conventional wisdom. I'm all I'm all for taking a pitch. I'm not all for taking a strike because that doesn't work that well. Because you know what, pitching coaches have figured that game out a long time ago. When they sense that, it's pretty obvious. And uh, when a team is taking a strike and they pipe a fastball down the middle, and in worst case, if they don't pipe the first one, typically you're going to get the second one because they're not getting creative on the fringe. They're not using in and out. They're not using up. They're not using off speed. They're going right down the middle. Typically, within the first two pitches, they're going to be. And now you got a one-one count or you got an o-one uh, count. Worst case, one-one. And so I don't like the plan take just taking a pitch late in the game when you're down a run. You know, no, I don't, I don't, I don't dig that. I think that's, I don't think that's the way to go. Because if that meatball comes up there and you got a really good hitter or even a your your average hitter and you get a meatball, put it in. I mean, put a rip on it. Take your chances. Get take your chances with that and uh, go that way. So with the plan take, it's uh, something I definitely think is usable. Okay, now back to uh, how to practice this. Or, or going, moving on to, this is the last part I wanted to kind of get into here. I wanted to clarify how I would practice this. So we kind of talked about a little, a, a few of the points with this hitting plan, the hitting, the three root hitting plans. Before I move into some uh, 
tips and, and strategies that I've used with teams effectively and I've seen other teams use effectively with this particular approach and how to put it into practice and how to get it in into the, into the players and how to, how to get it, you know, where it gets to be effective and players have it and they're dialed in with it. Before I get into that, I want to talk about the purpose of having these plans. What I did was there's no, it's really not a purpose. It's just simply, I took the hitting approach, the hitting plan. And I said, how can we get this down to the, to the root, to the bare minimum, this, how can we simplify this to be the most effective? And you're like the ultimate, you hear quote, like Alta, I think it was Da Vinci said, ultimate sophistication is simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. You know, there's a, there's a thousand quotes out there about simplification, simplifying things being the way to go. But, but it, it really is true. And, and, and everybody thinks simple is, 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 is not effective. And a lot of, I shouldn't say every, a lot of people associate simple with not effective. That can be further from the truth. When you're going up there and you're facing a pitcher with multiple pitches and, and multiple, I mean, the strike zone, I don't know how many square inches it is. I mean, but I want to say it's like, I don't know exactly, but I want to say it's like two, three, 400 square inches. And, and those pitchers are coming in at varying uh, velocities. I mean, it's just, we all know hitting is super hard. All right. I don't get into that. You go on for 20 minutes about the difficulties of hitting a round ball, round bat, angles, defenses right there. I mean, you know, there's all sorts of things, right? that play into making hitting hard. Why do we continue as a baseball community to go up there and not simplify the approach down to the root? And I believe this has been done here. And why I think it hasn't been done yet, at least on a on a kind of a universal level, because I think it's not a besides the hitters having their, you know, kind of specific areas that they hit very well. Again, with two strikes, it doesn't matter. A two-strike approach shouldn't change. You know, you and again, I'm not getting into the whole swing, you know, part of it. I mean, you could say, you know, choke up on the bat sort of thing. I'm not going to get into that because that, that's going to be preferential. What I'm talking about here are things that are universally the root hitting plans or hitting approach. We have neat, what basically what I said was there years ago, I, I, I was sitting around years ago at the field watching some high caliber baseball, and I said, is this the, I mean, I kept hearing all these different um, comments about the hitting approach and, oh, you know, hey, when you're heading to count, what are you looking for? Hey, in a 3-1 count, what are you looking for? Hey, what's the first, well, what's the most important pitch? Uh, you know, what are you, what are you looking at first pitch? Hey, you know, hey, are we sitting on, hey, are we not taking, are we not swinging at curveballs? Are we taking curveballs until two strikes? Are we swinging on, you know, this fastball? Is that a pitcher's pitch pitch? Hey, you know, I mean, and I would see guys take, you know, weak swings with less than two strikes. I mean, that sometimes can be epidemic, you know, that can be an epidemic in, 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 for some teams. You know, not swinging full speed with less than two strikes doesn't make any sense. You know, if you think about it, because even if you miss the pitch, it's better to, be up there for another pitch with one extra strike or one additional strike than it is to be in the dugout sitting on the bench, right, with an out or two if you hit into a double play on the scoreboard. So I think it's important to, that that we kind of sit here and go, hey, is this the most simple way to do it? And I, and I think that's what we've got here. I think this is what's been put together here. And I'm not I'm trying I'm saying that with you know, a hundred percent, uh, humbleness. And, and again, um, and, and if you, and if you see some differences, you see something that you, that you don't like or, or whatnot, Hey, reach out to me. All right. Hey, you got Twitter 8020 underscore uh, baseball. Um, email me at coach Bo 
at 8020baseball.com. Hey, tell me what you think, but don't come to me and say, well, don't tell me something that you just, it's always been what you've taught or what you were taught, okay? I just don't, I don't believe in that. I'm all for old school baseball wisdom, but it better be founded in some truth. And it can't just be, you know, oh, this is how I did it or this. And again, there are other approaches. You can have like say, hey, I want my guys looking at, you know, when they're ahead in the count, I want them looking for this. That may work, all right? And hitting behind. I'm not saying things don't work or do work in a sense because I do think things work better or not. I mean, I'm going to say it right here. I'm looking for the optimal way for all of the players with some variability, such as the location of the pitch, especially with less than two strikes that they like to hit. But I don't think we should go up there and say, we're hitting this type of pitch or not that type of pitch. That's just too much for, I just don't agree. I don't agree with that philosophy. I think you should hit location. I think you should be ready for the fastball and adjust from there. And I think you're, you're looking at location and with two strike with, with two strikes, there should not be any variation with what pitches the hitters or different hitters are looking for or that. I mean, they should be able to hit everything in the strike zone. They need to swing at everything in the strike zone and they need to protect the, the fringe of that strike zone because you do not want to go down looking. All right. But I also don't think you should be chasing wildly. All right. There's got to be that control. And you're seeing a lot more of this with the Z swing and the O swing percentage and stuff um, on fan graphs. I'm a big fan graphs guy, you know, but there's a lot of other websites that follow this. I know I like baseball references. Great. And baseball savant, but I'm just a fan graphs guy. I've been a member with them for a long time. So anyways. All right. So I think that the thing is nobody's really sat down on a, on a grand scale on a, on a, on a mainstream level and said like, Hey, is this the, is this the simplest approach? Is this the simplest? How do we, how do we break the hitting plan, the hitting approach down? And I'm not talking about swing angle and swing this and hands and stuff. That's not my thing. All right. That's not my shtick. I don't, I, I'm not going to get into that. I can, I can tell you what a great swing looks like, but I'm not a great swing coach. I'm not in, that's not my thing. Pitching's a different story, but when it comes to hitting approaches, I have assessed and watched so many hitters over so long especially as a pitching coach for so long as a pitcher at division one pitcher for four years and a, and a professional pitcher and then coaching pitchers all the way from 6u all the way up to professional all the way to major league guys i know what a good approach looks like and i know what a bad approach looks like and i thought to myself years ago i said there's got to be a better way to do this there's got to be a way with some variability right like i talked about but there's got to be a way to nail this down to where this is the way to this is the optimal way to teach it to every team and every player and have a little bit of variation in there. Like I said, maybe with two strikes, there's a little choke up on the bat with some guys or with plan A, less than two strikes. Maybe, you know, like I said, Trout's looking for a pitch a little bit more down and, you know, the rest of your guys are looking for something a little more up, you know, upper thigh, hip high, things like that. And then plan take has some variability. Some guys don't even need to, they don't like taking a pitch. They'd rather just get in there and hack. But some guys want to get in there and see a pitch, you know, against an atypical type of pitcher. They want to get a feel before committing and adding a swing in there. All right. So there's variability to this. But when we start getting in there, I just don't agree with the, the you know, oh, ahead in the count, behind in the count, even in the count, this, that, 3-2 count. I mean, don't treat it, you know, and some of you guys are like, well, a 3-2 count is different than a 0-2 count. No, two strikes. All right, because if you take a strike with a 3-2 count, you are on the bench and your team has one more out on the scoreboard for you on your side, which is not good. If you take a strike in an 0-2 count, you're on the bench and your team still has one more out on the scoreboard. It's the same thing, all right? You're, you're just as close to striking out if you take a pitch 3-2-0-2, all right? So you start to see that's a kind of a small example of where the strike zone should dictate it. The strike zone should dictate it. Go read the original article or listen to that podcast and it explains I break it down quite a bit there. 
All right, now we're going to talk about some strategies to put this in play. This is something I didn't touch on at all in the article or in the original, you know, basically an audio podcast. And I, I, it's like I just read the, the article and then I add, you know, I did some ad lib on it. I didn't get into it there. Here's some things that are really, really successful. One, when you go up there and you're hitting batting practice, you need to have, unless the guy has a real swing issue, I think your main approach, and especially at the younger high school, you know, high school level down, the dialogue during batting practice, the cues from the coach. I'm a big cue guy, like short, you know, small cues to the to the players. I think it's imperative that that you sit there and, and as a coach, and you're right there, and you can see what is a good pitch, what is not a good pitch, what is a pitch they should have crushed, what is a pitch that they should have swung at or not swung at. And if you sit there and after every pitch, I'm telling you, every pitch, I'm a big believer in not over coaching. In fact, I even wrote a, I mean, I did a whole podcast, I think, on that, or at least a, a, a part of a whole podcast that was talking about. I think the baseball and coaching community coaching community in general and the teaching community as in general too i mean i was a teacher in 14 years i just think they over teach they over coach let the kids do more let them figure it out they're a lot smarter than we think i I, you know i think the general you know the general consensus is i think that that we don't think they can they they know they can figure most of it out they do need help i'm not saying we should just let them go uh, unattended or or you know unassisted but um i'm a big believer in not over coaching but i think when you get to this this hitting approach this hitting plan thing i think kids just have not learned how and what to swing at consistently. So you have to, in my experience, having done this for years with players, with hitters, with entire teams, is that you need to stand right there. Well, if you've got a cage, you can sit behind, you can stand behind the cage, right? I get that. Or the batting, the batting practice cage. All right, you get behind there. But if you don't have that, you can get off to the side a little bit. Remember, if it's a right-handed hitter, you're gonna stay, you're gonna stay to the third base side a little bit. Or if it's a left-handed hitter, you're gonna stay behind to the, very rarely, very rarely, if ever, do they hit a ball at that kind of funky angle backwards to their to their side of the batter you know to their side all right so you stand right there and you can get a good view of the strike zone or the fringe area of the strike zone and you can see what the hitters are swinging at and what they're not swinging at and then after every pitch you are telling them hey good like if they crush it you're like yep that's a pitch. You know, you don't even need to say that. Or you can just kind of re- maybe reemphasize with them like, hey, great. Pitch that can crush. You did it. Or if they swing at a pitch that's just down and away a little bit like, nope. And now this takes some discipline as a team because in batting practices, we've kind of been conditioned in the baseball world to swing at every pitch. All right, to swing at every pitch. Not every pitch, but to swing at a lot of pitches. I think partly because the, <laughs> the coach is, uh, you know, maybe getting fatigued or the player tries to make the coach feel better and not, you know, doesn't want the coach to get upset and, and doesn't want to take pitches. So they may swing at more pitches. I think this takes a lot more discipline maybe a machine comes into play here hey, even off a hitting machine there's going to be pitches that are not hitters pitches with less than two strikes now unless your machine is really bad you can use it for um, it can be very effective with two strikes because there, there are going to be some fringe strikes there and as the pitching machines get better they can paint dot things more you can go out there and get you know one of those four thousand five thousand dollar machines you dial it all in and, uh, you know, those are going to paint a little bit better. They're going to dot those those uh, locations a little bit better. But when you're hitting off a live coach, you're going to be behind the, you know, behind the hitter and or, you know, even off to the side a little bit. I think off to the side is tough. I, I prefer being behind because seeing in and out is really hard if you're on the side. You can see height, but you're not going to be seeing in and out very well. Now, the height will tell you a lot. In and out is going to tell you a lot. So what you're doing is after every pitch, you know, hey, there you go. Or should have taken that. Or you can just even keep it short and take or nice. You crushed it. Crushed it. Nice. Good pitch to swing at. Or should, you know, take. Next time take. Or that's a take. That's a take. And, I, and when I say that's a take, that's on a pitch they swung at. Now, if they took it, then, hey, you say, nice. Good take. Good take. 
Good take. And it may be a pitch that's a strike. You say you're in plan A. All right, it's less than two strikes. It may be a strike. And it may happen in the game where there's a strike. And it's going to happen a lot in the game. And it's a pitcher's pitch. And it's just not a hitter's pitch that that particular hitter, that particular hitter that's up there could have driven or hit hard. You need to be very clear to him. Great take. Great take. Don't think you're giving the other team an advantage because the other team knows what a good pitcher's pitch is. It's not like, oh, hey, they're taking those pitches. They're not swinging at those pitches. You heard his coach? Trust me. If they could paint paint like that, they would be Greg Maddox and they'd be in the Hall of Fame. They can't. So they're going to make mistakes. Stick with the process. you got to be verbal with this hitting approach. It's something that is the only real part of baseball that I really think you got to, especially at the young youth level, you got to, you got to, and I've had a lot of success doing this. You stand there and you do it over and over and over again. Hey, good take. Hey, pitcher's pitch. Just constant feedback, however you want to word it, but there needs to be short, constant cues. So they know, Hey, that's a pitch they should have hit. That's a pitch they should have taken, you know, or vice versa and whatnot. So I think it really helps to stand back there, not get so caught up in the swing. I think the swing, unless it's really terrible, I think you focus on the approach, the plan, the hitting plan, what pitch to swing at. Uh, Ted Williams, the uh, greatest, one of the greatest hitters of all time, said, hey, the number one thing to do is get a good pitch. The number one thing you need to do as a hitter is get a good pitch. Why do we go in there and we start talking about swing, 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 swing? Hey, yeah, I get it. The swing is important, but if it's, it's not the number one thing. If you read the article, I was sitting there in a heck of a good position watching Mike Trout, the greatest hitter in baseball, and I saw him swing at a pitch in the dirt, and then I saw him take a fastball. Go read the article. It tells you the whole at-bat, how it went down against um, Mashahira Tanaka, and it, it really just kind of is a perfect example. I get it, anecdotal. Um, I know we got to be careful with anecdotal evidence, but it's, hey, why did Mike Trout look so bad? It wasn't because he has a bad swing. It wasn't because he wasn't in shape. It wasn't because he was not smart. It wasn't anything. He had a bad plan. He had a bad approach on those particular pitches. Had he had plan B, had he had plan A, or, or I know he does for the most part, but he had him, had he used him in that particular at bat against Tanaka, he would have been just fine. He would have walked, first off, he would have walked because the bases were loaded. It was a 3-1 count. He got a splitter in the dirt. That would have been ball four, would have walked in a run. You know, that would have, so instead of that, he swung at a pitch that was in the dirt, a splitter down, terrible pitch, but it really, he, had, he was, he was, he was in, I'm going home run mode instead of plan B. I'm sorry, instead of plan A. He was in whatever plan. But again, he's Mike Trout. He's awesome. I love Mike Trout. I wish every guy was like Mike Trout. But again, it just shows you a, a hitter without a bat, without an approach, a plan up there with a great swing. That was my point. It was like we sit there and teach swing, 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 swing. Kids were learning how to swing a bat on their own and kind of figuring out because there's instant feedback when you swing, whether you hit the ball hard or you don't. You know it's a good swing pretty much. There's that instant feedback. But the one thing that isn't as good a feedback is like what pitch is crushed. So I think you got to sit back there. I'm sorry, what pitch is a pitch that is a hitter's pitch to crush? So I think you sit back there as a coach. I think it's the, it's the big emphasis. The lower you get in the levels, that's the emphasis, is what pitch to swing at, what pitch to take. And then you move into the swing. You kind of add the swing in there in pieces, little bit by little bit, you know, or not at all, especially if the, you know, the kid's got a decent swing but doesn't know what to swing at. I think that's your focus. You sit there every pitch of every batting practice and you give them quick, simple cues of feedback until they get it, until they understand it, even during the games a little bit, obviously less in the games. Really kind of get that so they just don't, they just, it's automatic. They automatically know what pitches they're looking at. Now it's going to be specific, like I said, to each, each hitter, and then you go from there. All right, as I finish up, remember, I think you should get some data on what uh, it is easier at the higher levels when they got, you know, track men and all that stuff. They can they can figure out exactly where the hot zones, what pitches. But I would do it during batting practice. I would use I would maybe just 
look and assess and track. I think data is good on this to, I, to see what pitches that these guys just crush because some dudes just crush that pitch a little away and some guys crush that pitch a little in or a little up or a little down. Figure out what that is and then that's the pitch. That's the pitch you want to talk to that hitter about. They'll know because they know what they know what pitch looks really good to them and what pitch they're doing damage on. Okay, so with lesson plan A, with lesson two strike, I really think that you've got to show them. I think if you can get data on it, then show them like, hey, this is what you're looking for and put it from a hitter's perspective, you know, put it up on the screen so they can see it or even go out there on the field and, and really hold that ball out there and say, hey, this is where you're hitting it. This is where your swing is. Put the bat where they should. Hey, this is in the area. These are kind of, this is the area you're looking to really crush. And if it's not in the area, you're taking it in plan A. And in plan B, it's a different story, right? It's more of a, hey, if it's in a strike zone, and we've covered this a lot. So I just wanted to talk about those couple things. Conventional wisdom, is it gets you in a lot of trouble. A lot of times conventional wisdom isn't very wise. And I think this is something that we really, really need to look at and say, hey, this is this can be done like this. This is much better for all hitters with a few little intricacies that are adaptable to each hitter. All right. And lastly, if you want to know how, how difficult this is to, to, uh, to implement with your team, it's not. It really, it just takes some con- consistency, consistent feedback, subtle cues, 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 cues. Let them know, let them know, let them know. Good, bad, no, take, take. Oh, hey, good. Way to crush. Hey, good take, good take, good take. Hey, crush. Hey, you crushed the right pitch. Hey, that's not, hey, that's a pitcher's pitch. Hey, that's a pitcher's pitch. Shouldn't have swung at that. And then you just stay with that consistently during batting practice all the time. It keeps you as a coach. It's fun because you're into each pitch and you're going to see your guys get better. And that's how they get the plate discipline without compromising and sitting up there. You don't want a guy up there just protecting and trying to put the ball in play. That's not how baseball should be done. You're looking to put a real charge into the ball. You're looking to drive into the gaps. You're looking to hit those line drives. You're looking to put the ball off the wall. But you're not looking to swing at every pitch if that pitch ain't there. If the pitch has to be there, it is definitely easy to these guys pick up on it players i've used this with probably upwards of almost 100 different players and they all picked up on it really quick they like it they buy into it i think it's a lot easier for them and there's a lot quicker feedback and things i mean you get quicker improvements more so than some of the other adjustments that they can make i just think that it and 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 what i'm getting at is that it definitely i think it's something that it is easy to put in. You have to just do a couple of those steps. You got to explain it to them. I think the simplifying of it already takes care of a lot of the problems. And then you just kind of just through, put them in, you know, put it in, put it in, work them, work them, work them. And I, and I, and I'm telling you, you're going to see some benefits happen quickly. You're going to see it grab hold with your players and you're going to start to see your offense producing more runs and each of your guys taking more pitches that are not good pitches. They're having better at bats. They're not chasing as many pitches and they're putting the ball, they're putting a, a good swing on pitches more often. They're driving more balls. All right, guys, you can see I'm excited about this. I just think this is something that's big. This is one of my biggest things I think I've kind of put together here over the years and uh, baseball has been figured out for the most part. 99% of baseball I think has been figured out and it's just a matter of a lot of what I do is get out the uh, best information from all the sources uh, um, that I can. And I go, hey, a guy over there in Kansas, a coach over there, you know, or or Ed Sheff does this, your old coach at Lewis and Clark State, or Dave Snow at Long Beach State did this, or, you know, Garrido did that, or Cressy's doing this with his guys over there at Cressy Performance, or Driveline, or, or the Texas Baseball Rants, or, you know, that coach, I, oh, I listened to John Savage over at UCLA, and he does this, or, or TJ Bruce, I read something about him, uh, about infield play, and I said, that's awesome, you know. All I'm looking for is the best way 
and I don't care who wrote it, who said it, who told it or teaches it. I just look for the best ways. And a lot of the stuff that I'm doing is just trying to take and go, okay, that's the best way. That's the best way. And I just read, I listen, I read, I listen, I watch all day and I try to find this. And then from time to time I go, Hey, is there something out there that isn't being talked about and just kind of getting, getting passed along as, you know, this is the best way, or this is kind of how we always done it. And then I go, is there a better way to do it? And sometimes there just isn't. In this case, I truly think there is a better way to do it. This is the best way to do it. Again, with some variation, depending on each hitter, like I said, there's going to be little things like the hot zone or little things they might do with their bat to adjust their swing a little bit with two strikes, whatnot. I'm not going to get into that. That's up to you and your individual players. All right, guys, this has been Coach Bo. Take this. If you have any questions, reach out to me, Twitter, 8020 underscore baseball or Coach Bo at uh, 8020baseball.com. All right, go back and read that other article if this is the first time you've heard this from me. All right, that's it. Hey, have a great day. This has been Coach Bo. I am out. This has been the 8020 Baseball Experience. This is a really good team, and so you have to earn everything you have against them and take opportunities when they present themselves. Take it to the field. 